0: This is a Courier talking football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. I don't know why I say this week, gentlemen, eh? because it's let's face it, it's uh, it's pretty much the norm, isn't it? But anyway, not that we, not that we take you for granted. So we'll uh, we'll bash on, and I think we'll start with uh, United this week. Japs, I think it's the uh, do we call it the. The game before the game. Are you, Jim? Are you one of those that's already starting to have half an eye on uh, on the derby coming up on the horizon? Do you think fans are? Do you think managers are? Players are? Or is it is it a case of tunnel vision and? we've got enough to think about with St. Murnau away.
1: No, I think I think uh, both sides of the street, and we'll be coming to Dundee in a moment, no doubt, Eric, but, you know, both sides of the street, well, we're all fans, well, and media as well. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's the big game, you know, in this neck of the woods. The derbies are the big game, whether it's United against Dundee, Dundee or United against Saints or, or whatever. Um, people look forward to them. Local rivalry is great. And, of course, the City Derby, um, has been absent, you know, so people kind of are looking forward to uh, seeing the two of them knocking heads together again. And I think the other thing is the you know once this weekend is out of the way, um, I think both both clubs United have made the better start at the Tayside trio, you know, um, but both clubs actually have to kind of. Uh, really get their skates on, particularly Dundee Saints as well, if it comes to that, you know, but um, both clubs have got to get their, their skates on, I mean, United potentially could be going into this derby um, seven points ahead of Dundee, if they were running at the weekend and Dundee weren't winning, there's a seven point gap already yeah piles pressure on uh, James McPake and Dundee, then again, if United lose, Dundee win, there's a point in it, you know so, um, could or leap them so there's loads There's loads on, they do have to get the, you know, the weekend fixtures out the way um, but there's loads to look forward to, and I think you know, it's impossible not to have half an eye on uh, the forthcoming derby because it will be a terrific occasion.
0: St. Mern, I think one of the reasons is that this this game should suit United quite well is, I mean, I've not watched them in the flesh yet, but they clearly, United don't play through, they don't have the target man. St. Mern are a type of team who would be happy with the centre-halves they've got, Shaughnessy in particular, they would be happy if happiest, I think, if they're playing against a team that does have a target man and they go through the middle, if United are at their best, their clever best, you know, the short, sharp passing, play around them, that's the secret to them winning this game, in my opinion. Is that is that Dundee United at their best as well with the type of players they've got as you see
1: it? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I tell you, one of the things I do wonder about is, I wonder, you know, we're at that, that early stage of the season. the windows just shot players come, players go, squads change, squads alter to suit and accommodate, and all the rest. At new arrivals, people are going, I wonder how much United will miss Jamie Robson. You know, I mean, you, you, you people wonder how much they would miss. Shankland, um, for instance, and I I actually didn't think they would miss him dramatically, just the way things had had, had panned out. That's no reflection on him as a player, but just the way things had panned out. But I think, I mean, you know, Robson is is one of these players, I think he's got that kind of pace, that kind of dig about him, a wee bit of, you know, a wee bit of ability to get by men, get crosses in and all the rest of that. And he's a... a (sighs) Quite a brilliant young young guy, I think. I wonder how much they they might miss him. But in terms of, you know, will they have? And I mean, I saw Saint Marn. I you know, United have enough to beat them. Well, they should, I think. I mean, given you know, given the state of play at the moment, league position wise, and United, you know, if you're at United, United are a bigger club than St Marn. By the way. Um, but actually, you know, at Denz that day, I thought Brophy and May looked the right handful um, up front. And the boy Erdogan's a, a decent player as well. So, you know, it's kind of, it's a tough game. But, you know, Dundee United, to me, you know, we're sitting there at the moment, four points better off than St. Martin. They're winning they won and already to a gap. Uh, and I think it's dead important to go off to a good start, Eric. It's not the, the be-all end-all. We know it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. But I think, you know, how, given how tight this league traditionally is, it's important you get the points in the bag early because the points in the bag early on can be the difference between being top six and getting sucked into that basement battle in the last last games of the season. Um, And United, I think, you know, have enough about them to to beat St. Martin. I mean, I think they were, you know, the two good wins they've had against Rangers St. Johnson, I think they've been good. Uh, they, They were excellent, in fact. And I actually thought, bizarrely, um, against Hearts where they lost. I mean, they were they never really turned up in the first half, I think is the, the common feeling. But I thought in the second half in particular, of the second half, if, if you want, I thought they were really good. They played some really tidy, some really slick football. Their big issue is they don't have an out-and-out striker, target man, penalty box, predator. Call it what you like. They, they, they lack someone who has that kind of knack that Shanklin had when he first arrived at the club, of putting it in the net from here, there and everywhere. I mean, McNulty and Clark are nice, they're mobile, they're tidy up front, they they give and go and, and the, the nice combination play and all the rest of it. But I'm not entirely sure that either of the two of them are out-and-out out strikers. And I think that's, uh, that's potentially a problem.
0: Well, I'll tell you what What did uh, trouble St. Martin. Again, I don't wanna make snap judgments on them just on the basis of watching one game against St Johnston, but the, the, the tide turned Sean in the, the St Johnson game when Glenn Middleton came on and I don't now I don't think United have a have an attacker in Middleton's I'm gonna say class, but of his mould where, you know, who's he's very I mean, we'll go back to Jim's favourite theme, you know, about about pace, but you know, he's got he's got a football brain that, that goes with it as well. When he came on it was it was it was a switch. You know, it was a total change in the game. You know, you're talking about, from memory, about the hour mark. You know, up until then, it'd been a bit of an arm wrestle of a game. You you think, as long as you keep St. Murn out with our set pieces, you've probably got a good chance of beating them because it, it is their main thing, for right or wrong. But Middleton, suddenly, you know, St. Murn looked like a, a much, much shakier team when he came on and got at them. So the question is, do I mean... Niskanen could be that man in the long run but do you do United have that type of player to to do that to St. Martin in the
2: in the here and now? Uh, Not obviously Um, but I mean Niskanen is the sort of wild card at this moment. Um,
0: Paul hasn't got the legs for it anymore is is he really to do he would have done (laughs) he would have done back in the day wouldn't he he could have played that
2: role. Yeah, he could have done... I mean, again, he. Would, I mean, to be fair to Peter Polley, he was another one who was very decent against him. Oh, he's Johnson. made a
0: very good start to the season, yeah. But he's he's changed his... Uh, well, he's changed his, his body shape's changed, his position's changed, you know, from from the player we remember two or three years ago. Oh, he's it?
2: definitely... He's definitely... Seen it. He looks kind of stockier and more muscular. and He's
0: gone down the Craig Conway route, hasn't he? <laughs> just yeah. A, just yeah. a few years earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, a thoroughly decent player. But yes, I mean, if, if we're talking directly about Glenn Middleton, then then no... Um without having seen Niskanen or too much of Niskanen certainly, I, I can't I can't say whether he would fit that bill. But I mean the one thing I would say about Niskanen um is is that he's an international footballer and I, I don't think for, for a second that, that playing for Ingolstadt a team that got promoted last season uh, in Germany that he, he was playing at a poor level. So I, I, I think he'll be he'll be He'll have something about him, absolutely no doubt. Um, so it's 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 about whether he's actually going to be there and, and available to play or not. I know that I mean Saint Johnson obviously were in a, a similar position with their with their own Finnish recruit E. T. Verton. and now I believe that might have started that process may have begun a little bit quicker. Possibly it
0: did I think the difference the what was in United's favour and and why it should happen quicker than was he was a full cap? Is a full cap? Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. So yeah. So I mean, go.
2: if if they if they've got him uh, available, then it would it would be interesting to see if 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 he can slot in that sort of role for United. I'd imagine that is that's why he's been brought in. So um, it will be fascinating to watch him, and I'm sure United fans will be excited because that seems to be last season. Certainly, that's that's the kind of thing that they were crying out for. Really, um, a bit of that creativity, and then funnily enough, they had they obviously had um, uh, Paul McMullen sitting there who was kind of overlooked. Um... Some sometimes to Jim's uh through the through the <laughs> season by by Mickey Mellon. I don't know. Is, it,
0: uh, is Be- the fan club still? Is it still? Is it still going? Jim, or is it, did you not get enough members for
1: the the Paul McMillan fan no, club? No, no, um, no. I mean, everyone has a, a soft spot for a player, and, and you know, I had a soft spot for McMillan. I still do. I, I, he's the kind of player that gets me off my seat. Yeah, right, I love a player that kind of drops his shoulder, goes by a man, couple of wee jinks, and he's left a, a, you know an opponent for dead. I love that kind of football, and and I kind of wondered what it was. He just. You know, you know, every manager has their own style of play, their own idea about what they want. I mean, lots of managers don't like a player who will attack but won't track back, won't drop into midfield and do the dirty work and all the rest of it. You know, and, and that's they can only have one manager in, in any club, and, and he obviously didn't fancy McMullen, But um, James McBake, I think, want to watch by signing him. I think he'll be, you know he's already looked very useful at, at Dens, and I think he'll do a good job if you can keep him on track. Um, in, in terms of United, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, 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 Niskanen can do because, he, you know, he comes with quite a good reputation. Two footed player, pacey cross. Um, there's also uh, what do you call him, Scott McMahon, isn't there to come into the scheme of things? You might replace uh, Robson, you know. So I mean, I think, you know, pace. I think is important. Pace is always important in football. You get away from people, uh, you deliver the ball into the danger area. What you need, of course, then, is somebody to put it in the net. You know, either that or you. Find routes you know, through through the channels, uh, uh, as we say in the game, through the channels, you know, through the inside tracks. To, you know, uh, midfielders making bursts from midfielders, one and one twos and shots from in and around the box and all the rest of it. United have got to find a way, I think, to pierce Saint Martin without that kind of that out and out striker. I mean, listen, United are not on their own with this. You know, there's plenty clubs that don't have it. I mean, out out and out goal scorers are, are, are worth their weight in gold. That's why they always attract premium prices when they're. When they're sold on, um, but they've they've got to. That, that's a fascinating bit. I think about this stage. We I know mean, that we're we'll looking at the Saints in a moment as well, because they have, of course, they have lost a real talisman. It's how do you replace play? How do United replace a Jamie Robson? Well, it's probably easier to replace a full back um, than it is, uh, you know, a, 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 a kind of talismanic midfielder or an out and out striker. But sometimes you don't miss the water until the well runs dry, you know. So, um, you know, Robson was a guy that gave them pace down that flank, down that left flank, um, uh, scored the goal against Rangers, of course. Not many backs do that. Uh they they've got to find from somewhere, I think, United to you know to to combine with some of the really neat play. Because I think they're playing some tidy stuff when they're on their game, but they've got to find a, a route to goal. And that, that's what'll differentiate between them, I think, being a top six side this season and, and you know and and being sucked into the bottom the bottom six come the, the end of the season.
0: You're quite Sean, you're quite uh comfortable that United are a, a team that's well equipped to deal with a set piece, not bombardment, but basic, a set piece examination. Because uh, you know, the, it will it will come at, at Paisley. I think that that much guaranteed. I mean, they did very well to deal with cross balls against Rangers, didn't they? United, I'm talking about,
2: and there were a the hell of a lot of them as <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not from <laughs> the right, not from <laughs> the right
0: places, but yeah, there were.
2: No, no, there, there were a lot of them, and actually, I suspect I don't actually know the statistics off the top of my head for this, but it wouldn't really shock me if there were a hell of a lot to deal with against St. Johnston as well, because. Um, uh, this season, uh, it's, uh, well, actually, last season as well. At times, but but certainly this season so far, Saint Johnson have thrown a lot of crosses in the box. So, um, uh, the examinations that they've had in that regard so far, they've, they've passed them. Um, I would say so. Uh, they have certainly there's, there's no reason to to fear that, particularly uh, on the evidence so far this season. I think Ryan Edwards is a pretty dominant sort of character. In the box, uh, defensively, Charlie Mulgrew's proved himself thoroughly decent at that as well. He's, I mean, he's tall enough, isn't he? Um, and he's strong enough. And he's for all that, he's he's got a nice left foot, and he's but a, a wee bit a wee bit of cultured. If anything, he's actually he can do the nasty side of the game as well. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. So um, in that respect, I, I don't think they've got uh, too much to worry about on what we've seen so far. Um, I mean, it'd be, I'm trying to think of, of height-wise in that team beyond the, the kind of centre-halfs, if you like. There's maybe not too much, actually, uh, when you think about it like yeah, that. Yeah, not much in midfield, is there? Yeah. No, no, not really. And then even up front, there's there's, there's not, there's not the, the, as you rightly pointed out, there's not a sort of target man type there. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the we are nippier, cleverer strikers uh, with Nicky Clark and McNulty, certainly. Um, but, Again, we can only go on what we've seen so far and, and they've 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 coped ably with everything that, that the likes of Rangers and, and and St Johnson have thrown at them both of whom chuck a lot of crosses in. So fair play. I don't I don't think they need to worry about anything in that regard.
0: Yeah, and I think Jim I mean St. Munn was my first uh, first of the season with the, the team getting booed off the p- <clears throat> booed off the pitch by the home fans. Oh I missed missed that sound there. Eh? <laughs> but uh so the St. Munn fans weren't too impressed with the uh I think probably the lack of creativity about their team. I don't know why they would. I don't think it was a case of the they were turning up expecting them to to roll over St. Johnson because they've not done it in the past. But you know, I think I think they probably saw a game that they could have played for a long time and not scored, and they saw that St. Johnson were the team that that, that finished the strongest and you know were rattling the crossbar, looking like it, you know they could. If any team was going to win it, it would have been them. You, I'm, not, I'm also think you know if you throw it in the mix of the Jamie McGrath thing, that was a you know he's the best player. You know there's a guy that you've you've shown your hand and that you are willing to to do a deal to let him go. Then he doesn't get away. You know there's the dynamic for the player himself. There's the dynamic for the team. There's all sorts going on there. So you know might not be the worst. Might be not, not be the worst time to to play St. at I think, Jim.
1: No, um, I, 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 there's an ongoing problem, I think, for for a club like St. Mun. You know, they're a decent sized club. I mean, you know, the I mean, you know, support wise, they'll be as well supported as, as as Saints potentially. They, you know, they've gone to Hamden against United with their twenty five thousand and and more and all the rest of it. I mean, there's there's a, there's a decent history and tradition about the club and all the rest of it. But they just they they're always going to struggle, I think, to to build. Um, a, a squad to compete, you know, Saint Saint, Saint Johnson are, are as we all know very well financially running, and and they've now got money in the bank from you know, um, <clears throat> from the sale of Ali McCann. They've had money in the bank anyhow, you know, and the, you know that they, they, the Saints are a well, a, a well off side. Saint Merton, I think, are always kind of. Uh, Hand to mouth, I think. So it's always going to be a struggle for them to, you know, maintain. They're having to kind of, you know, look about every season to kind of strengthen players, come, players go, and all the rest. I never kind of sense that there's a, a sense of continuity. about a, a club like Saints, which is a great pity, you know, um, because they, they, you know, they, they sit, of course, right on the doorstep with two giants, the the two giants of Scottish football when it comes to attracting sponsorship, support, and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is quite simple: they're sitting there on two points at the minute, and that, that, that's you know, two points after four games, just like uh, Livingston as well, with no points after four games. That starts to infect the body politic quite quickly. That gets into the mind. Don't deal in on the same boat, you know, on, on two points after four games. And sometimes it doesn't matter how well you've been playing, how close you've Come whether they've been peppered in bars with shots or not. Um, the league table doesn't lie, you know. In uh, th- that old days, you would deserve more from the game. Well, usually you deserve exactly what you got out of the game. Um, and you know, looking at that with two points, there's already there's already pressure on. And some players react well to pressure, other players react not well to pressure. And and by and large, players who tend to be at clubs in the lower basement area of leagues. Are the players that don't by and large respond too well to pressure? So um, it's, I think it's, it's, it, it, I would be, you know, I, I think somewhere along the line, Dundee United have to kind of. This is a big season for them, Tom Courts' first season in charge and all the rest of it. Um, but for me, you know, United are a bigger club by, by a long way, traditionally, historically, and all the rest of it. It's important. It's kind of time to start um, emblazoning on, that on the results and winning games like this, going down to to Paisley and winning games like this. Um, if they really are to be contenders for it, I mean, I even, I even hate that you kind know, of that top six top thing. Six, it's such yeah. an artificial construct. But but like at Olympus, a lump, and that's that's the aim yeah. these days, you know. So yeah. I, I think United really have to have it in their mindset that they've got to start winning. Games like this certainly taking a point. I mean, going going down to losing just shouldn't actually be acceptable.
0: Dundee against Livingston, Sean. I think this is a real. I mean, we're at a, it's not a crossroads, isn't is Isn't the the right description? But it can. It's you know, you can you can see which you can see the the direction that it would it would go if Dundee beat Livingston, and you can see the direction it would go if they don't beat Livingston because the expectation we're talking about United saint Murn. And Jim finishes off with expectation. The expectation is Dundee win this game, and there's there's no nothing else but a Dundee win. It's going to be treated as a a successful result,
2: is it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think yeah, you know, I suspect you're right. And and the thing about it is that everybody's talks kind of positively, they have, um, yeah. about Dundee this season, and rightly so. Um, they've be, been a, in
0: every game the football football yes. managers like to say apart from the hiding itself
2: but I think I think James has, has acknowledged that um, himself really that you know you can you can talk about playing well in games and, and being in games and uh, all you like but it's it's the wins that are going to count coming the end of the season um so it's it's you look at it and you think it's time for them to get that first one now in Livingston here. That's a prime candidate to get one from, uh how the season's gone so far. Um so yeah, yeah, I think it's fair enough that this is one that, that, that Dundee themselves, players, manager and fans will look at and think, hey, this is this is going to be our weekend here. Um because <laughs> Livy, I mean, for all that they did excellently uh for a large stretch of last season. Um it was, was all in one totally chunk, wasn't it? it? It was, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It was very. It wasn't. It wasn't sort of. It was consistent in that it lasted for however many weeks it lasted for. But then it completely disappeared, and, and there was nothing really after that. In the aftermath, um, you could say that the bet for a cup final maybe killed them, but the, the run was ended before that. They were. We
0: they were on this. Um, they were on the way down before that.
2: You're right. So they've, they've, you know, they've not been great for, for quite a few months now. Um, and they haven't started the season well uh, at all. So, yep, um, this is the one for Dundee because again, we've we've all spoken so positively, and we've looked at that squad that they've they've, they've built. The players it brings pressure, in.
0: doesn't it? Because all of a sudden, you, you think like, yeah. you've, what you've got Lee Griffiths as as Jim called him, probably the best natural finisher in the in the league. These yeah. last in last week's podcast, you've got all these strikers at your disposal. You've got all these midfielders. I mean, basically, you know, you got two for every position, pretty much, haven't you? You know that brings pressure doesn't it doesn't
2: it? It, it it does um so yeah the all all of the positive talk that we we've, we've gone through over the last few weeks um i mean it's you have to you have to see results off the back of that um as as you say it's a hell of a hell of a decent squad we've talked about that not just you know not just well balanced but like stacked in certain areas and and with not just okay players either you would look at them and think well no these these are seasoned players at this level who and and actually with real quality as well um so yes pressure is there absolutely they do need to get this first win of the season and and this weekend this is the one um living your bottom of the league zero points dundee get a win here gives them a, a real decent cushion over livingston certainly and they can start looking up the way Because that's that's what they need to do,
0: Jim. For me, when uh, this this, because I mean Dundee came up via the playoffs. They weren't even the best team in their own league last season. But when I looked at their squad, even pre Griffiths, I would still say if Dundee finish even uh, when I say second bottom and and win the playoff, possibly certainly third bottom, that is a very successful season for James McPeak. Now I'm not so sure. I think I think when you bring in somebody like Lee Griffiths of that quality providing he's fit obviously I think we have to raise the bar don't we as to far where we expect this Dundee team to, wh- where would be at a par finish for them now I'm thinking par for that Dundee squad just I'm I'm not talking about you know the fact that they were a newly promoted team but par for that Dundee squad now is for me it's top at the bottom half of the league and challenging for top six what about you Jim?
1: Well Dundee, I've, I've been waiting for years to, for Dundee to raise the bar, <clears throat> Eric. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, mean, I think I've said on this, you know, on the podcast before that one of the things that always struck me in the BBC, and there's, and there's an age thing at play here. I mean, I, I, I always thought of Dundee as a big club, but many, my, many of my younger colleagues at the BBC tended to see them in the same line as a, maybe not a Parthic Thistle, but a Dunfermline or something like that. And you know, theoretically, they're a bigger club than, than, than that. I mean, you know, they, they are arguably... The you know, outside of Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, and probably United well, certainly United these days in terms of crowds, Dundee should be next on, on, on that list, you know. Um and they've assembled a squad there that that must be costing a lot of money. I mean, you know, the one thing you cannot say about Tim Keys is is that he hasn't invested in the squad. I mean he's you know, he has allowed James McPake to build. There's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, there must be very decent wages being paid at Denz. And so when you look at a squad with Griffiths coming in, Griffiths, I mean, you know, they'll be paying part of, of his very hefty wages from from Celtic. Um, They'll be paying a chunk of that, but it'll still be a chunk. Um, so Griffiths, you know Cummings, McMullen there in the midfield. I mean, Charlie Adam in the midfield. You know, I mean on the bench there they had you know McGowan and Sheridan and players like that. I mean, it's a really, really strong looking squad on paper. Now, if they can get you know we said this, if they can get the best at Griffiths or anything approaching the best at Griffiths, he is undoubtedly. The best, you know, the, the sharpest and the quickest striker of a ball, I think, in Scottish football, still over 5 or 10 yards. If he's even got 80 or 90% of the pace that he had, he's electric, he's quick, he gets away from people, he strikes a ball beautifully, he strikes it from anywhere, he, he hits, you know, dead ball free kicks. So you've got two dead ball specialists, uh, potentially, in him and Charlie Adam there. They need to kind of start stepping up. Um, they, they, they have, certainly on paper, they have the ability to do it. But the problem is again the league table doesn't lie, and and you know you're looking at a league table where Dundee have played four and have two points, and that's not good enough. You know, I mean it's early in the season, but but that's really not good enough for that squad they've assembled. Now I wonder, and I kind of hope I have to say that Griffiths uh, can can you know Sparky can can spark them into life because you know he really does offer them something potentially electric if they can get anything approaching the best out of them. And with the squad that James has assembled, I, I think the, the, the fans have got a right to expect much more. And, say, and and James McPague's got a right to expect much more from the guys because he's given them a chance, he's given the opportunity to play in Scotland's top league. And I think he has a right to expect more as a manager from, from the players and what we're seeing at the moment. It is early days, but you want the points on the board as quickly as possible to save yourself getting sucked away down, um, you know psychologically as well. Dundee um, I, I, the, the, should win this, you know. They, they should win it.
0: Yeah, and uh, does it does it matter? We're not, we're not, I'm not we're not going to get consumed by derby talk, Sean. But you know, it, it, there is a big, it's there's a there's a huge game coming a week down the a week down the line when people are going to start looking about real meaning from the result and where where Dundee and Dundee United are in terms of you know supremacy in the city and all that sort of thing you know it is you know you't do, you don't want to be going into a game like that trailing your city rivals by a big chunk do you because then it really would crank up the pressure next week
2: you know you don't and you know I can I can tell you exactly what James McPake, James McPake's response will be to to Questions of that manner when he's asked them inevitably on the radio tomorrow before the before the Levy game. And that's, he's not interested. He's just focused on this game. He did the same thing when he was asked about MK one speculation. Just focused on this game. Always on this game, always on this game. I can understand why you say that. Now, do thoughts creep in? Uh, I think you'd have to work very hard to not let them creep in. Um, when you're when you're in Dundee and you've got a derby coming up, uh, because it's such a it's such a big game uh, in the city itself, um, that I, I just don't see how it's possible. It because
0: it shaped the uh, that championship season when they were both in the same league. The the derby shaped shaped both clubs' seasons, didn't they? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly yeah. that and first they, one. Um, you
2: know, it, it, yes, absolutely, and and for, certainly for as long as they're relatively well, close together in the league they will they will shape the the narrative for the next sort of f- few weeks if not months and if they stay together or the next one will do the same thing but that's the nature of these games they're they're incredibly meaningful for both clubs so yeah this is the first one in a few years it's a it's a huge huge occasion and uh i the the outcome of these weekend games for each of the clubs is is certainly going to feed into what happens next week, and what we're all talking about in the build-up, and how important it is for each team in relative terms uh, to the other one. Who's who's got more pressure on them? Who who's, who can be more relaxed going into it? That, all of that sort of thing. They're all all going to be factors uh, next week. So that does sort of uh, put a put a wee bit extra gravy on this weekend's <laughs> fixtures. If you if you like, uh, it would be it would be. Unthinkable for it for it not to be that way. Um so aye, huge, huge, huge games this week and an absolutely enormous one the week after.
0: Uh, Jim, we're we're not gonna get we're not gonna talk about the game obviously yet, but one thing we can talk about before we leave Dundee and Dundee United, and this one links them both. What was your reaction when you saw the uh the £30 for a ticket at uh at, at for the for the derby? There was a, there was a Big social media reaction for it. Did, 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 did this feel like way overpriced for a for a game that's going to be on the telly? You know, would um, you, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna fill out the stadium now could Have been filled out if it'd been priced in a different way, or are you looking at have you got a different take? Um, I,
1: I've, I've got a mixed take on it, Eric. Um, the bottom line we don't like them, we like, mean, we like, we like, we don't like reasonable yeah, opinions. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a mixed take, I didn't say it was a reasonable take. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, would I pay it myself? I'd, I'd, I'd maybe balk at paying 30 quid these days for the game as the City Derby. I mean, you know. Look, Paul Carrick's coming to the Caird Hall. It's forty-two or forty-six quid a ticket or something like that. Paul Weller's coming next year as well, and I think that's that's even dearer. Um, you know, entertain, scandal. Enter, <laughs> entertainment is is expensive these days. Uh, the, the, the acid test is will people pay it. I mean, you know, I think the situation. It's on a Sunday. It's a twelve o'clock kickoff. If you're being asked to pay thirty quid. I think they're banking on the fact that Dundee will probably <coughs> be looking to bring four, four and a half thousand with them uh, or something like that. And they're banking on four and a half thousand, uh, you know, and a, and a lot of money coming over the gates. A lot of Dundee fans might take the view that, well, I'm going to sit in the pub and watch it. I'm going to sit at home and watch it on, on Sky. Um, uh, pay at the gate, United fans might uh, might decide uh, that. I mean, you know, I know that there, there, there's not that many pay at the gate fans these days. The, the, the bulk of them at United, I mean, United have got about, was it four six four seven. Uh, season book holders so you know there's maybe for a game like that there's maybe a a thousand or a couple of thousand pay at the gates Um, the acid test will be will people pay it you know in the week leading up to the game will they buy their tickets will they stump up that 30 quid and if United have got it wrong they'll soon find out because the tickets won't sell so they're, they're, they're taking a gamble um Is it a gamble? Is it a gamble from a PR point of view? I tend to find that football fans forget things very, very quickly. I mean, Dundee fans will have a go at United for whatever they do. You know, if the the, the tickets were normally priced, okay, that would be one thing. But if they'd gone up by a couple of quid, they'd be having a pop. If they'd gone up by six quid, they'd be having a real pop. Um, I. it's a subjective thing for a lot of people 30 quid's nothing for a lot of people and I kind of hesitate to use the term but in a working class city like Dundee where a lot of people are on very very you know average low wages 30 quid is a lot of money if you're taking kids and then you're doing the eats and the treats and all the rest of it it's a lot of dough but then you know when you've got two clubs who are paying guys 1500 1, quid a week, a couple of grand a week, and maybe more, and in, in a lot of cases, then you have to do more than wash your face. You've got to keep the lights on. So, these are the things that fans don't like to hear. The, the problem is from from guys like us who go to the game as 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 press, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, to watch as, as members of the press and the media. There's no easy answer. I mean, we're not having to pay. I mean, if, you, if you're a guy that's you know or, 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 or a girl that's having to pay. Thirty quid a pop. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of money to ask. So I understand why the clubs do it. I can understand bluntly why a lot of fans would say it. you can ram that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, John, was your first reaction? You well, you no. Well, nah. uh t- t- You usually have an instant reaction to these things, don't you? When you see, you know, what was, what was, what was your instant
2: reaction? Oof, that's expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's something approximating that, nearly that. Um, but I do. I, now it is a lot of money, um, and it's it's breaking new ground, uh, really for for tickets for a football match. Certainly in this city. Um, in in real terms, if you look at it, I mean, how much was a ticket for the last derby in 2019? It was probably it was probably twenty seven, twenty eight quid, something like that. So it's a couple of quid on top of that. So, I mean, you could probably argue the case that, uh, well, all right then. But, I mean, then the argument becomes is 27, 28 quid too much in the first place. Uh, but I think there's there's also there's also an element of symbolism when you go from a number with a two at the start of it to one with a three at the start of it. So it, it, it feels like this sort of... Um, bridge, this barrier has been broken down because, I mean, from there <laughs> it's like the only way is up from there, isn't it? So next next time, next season is going to be 31, 32, something like that. That's the fear uh, that fans have got. In real times, it's probably only a couple of quid. Um, so, I mean, I can see why, why United would, would want after a season when revenues have been squeezed beyond belief for, for every club to try and, well, to try and squeeze a bit of money out. Uh, rather than than leave it where it was you could argue that maybe the maybe the pr decision would have been to to leave it at previous levels or or maybe even lower it to sort of try and fill the stadium for the first derby and and, and welcome people back into that experience that they've missed so much um since they were last allowed in grounds on mass that maybe would have attracted some some positive reactions from fans and some good headlines and what have you, but it's a business at the end of the day and, and the decision that they've taken in order to look after the business as best they think, maybe you could argue that's a short-term thought rather than a long-term one, but that's, that's to put the prices up and, and, and that £30 barrier has been crossed. So the fans have, have had their say on social media I suppose the next the next test will be whether they vote with their feet or not, yeah, we'll find
0: intriguing enough, intriguing, intriguing gate, you know. Well, sometimes, uh, you're best judging these crowds by your eye, aren't you, Jim? Rather than, uh, rather than what rather than, you know, the figure because you don't know about season ticket and all the rest of it, but yeah, we we shall see, as they say, Jim. The, the, the dust has settled now on, on St Johnson's transfer window, obviously, and you know, they're Callum Davidson, obviously. Um, Naturally keen to, to draw a line, move on. You know, this is this is my squad of players now. We, you know, we're certainly not going to pine after after Jason Kerr and Alan McCann. Intriguing one, though, isn't it? for I don't know if it's if, if it's good to get Rangers just at this time. Perhaps it is. You know, where you can maybe you know you can use it and maybe not write the game off. But you know, you can get minutes into Eto and, You know, he can he can have a look at how he's gonna re-sculpt his midfield, although Camille McPherson, you know, one of these things, there he is, he's in on the pitch two minutes, new sign, and pops his shoulder in a a bounce game, never rains. But it pours, but there's a lot of, whereas you know, a few, just even a couple of weeks ago, you know, everything about St. Johnston felt stable and predictable in a lot of ways. Now, it's kind of the other other side of the coin, isn't it? It It all feels a wee bit Oh, don't don't quite know what we're going to get on Saturday from Saints, do we?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying to start the podcast, uh, 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 Eric. I mean, you know, football, football. You know, for a long time now, you know, since kind of. Post Bosman, football has been a game that, that's kind of for most clubs has kind of lacked continuity. You know, the days when you, you know, you had a squad and it was pretty much the same team or squad for three seasons or something like that, one or two going, that's changed. Players come and go every season, players come in short term deals, loan deals, and all the rest of it more than ever they did um previously. But you know, but at St. Johnson, there has there's there's been a sense, a feel of stability and continuity. And all of a sudden, they've lost a couple of players. And, and in particular, you know, you'd have to say McCann. You know, no no disrespect to the two going at the door, but, you know, McCann, I think, is the one that's going to be, I think, very difficult to replace. He had such a calmness, such an assuredness on the ball, such a an old head on young shoulders, such mobility. He, you know, he had so much that he brought to that St. Johnson midfield. And <clears throat> the question is, you know, who who is going to uh, can anyone replace him? Because let's be blunt, at, at clubs the size of St. Johnston, you, you you get stars every every now and then. You you know you, you're not filled w- with stars or potential stars. Every now and again, you get someone breaking through, and you think he's special. He's going somewhere special in the game, and I suspect that McCann is. I mean, uh, you know, he, he's going to a, a, a league where there's a lot of big clubs, and I think there's a feeling that he might do almost an Andy Robertson, you know, in, in, a, in a couple of seasons' time, he might be playing, you know, I don't know, a Liverpool or a Tottenham or something like that. But they've, they've, irrespective of where he goes, he's gone. St. Johnson have to find a way to replace him. But suddenly, it feels as though there's a wee kind of pierce in the armour at, at St. Johnson, what seemed to be a really stable, um, formidably run club. All of a sudden, there's a couple of wee kind of creaks uh, about the place. I won't be able to see the kind of reaction that the Saints chairman gets. I wonder if they're building a cordon sanitaire around them for for <laughs> uh, for Sunday. You know, it's a, it's a Sunday kick-off, isn't it? You know, um, I, I don't know. No, no, I mean, it's it, Saturday. Saturday, a Saturday kickoff. So it's early kickoff. That's lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the oldest oldest story in the world. Just you know, just as we talked about a minute ago, with, with united. I mean, running a football club is a business. That, that that's that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter how fans like. You know, fans. You know, my club, our club, it's not your club. That's hard to take, we know that, because it's embedded in your soul, it's embedded in your very DNA. Your, your dad, your mum brought you up now. your granny, your granddad brought you up now. you know, you, all your mates. But it's a business, it's run by people you have to keep the lights on, keep the players paid, keep the wages paid. And I've seen it quite closely, you know, here where quite often wages were within half an hour or an hour of no being paid. And, 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 and you know, other other folk on the board or well-heeled businessmen had to stick their hand in their pockets and pay wages. You know, I mean, it's, you know, football, it's easy to look from the outside. Now I always find this in football, it doesn't matter whether a bloke is a labourer or a woman is a, you know, a shell filler or somebody's a, a neurosurgeon or somebody's an accountant, they just suspect suspend all judgment on, on, well they don't suspend judgment, they're not interested in how a football club runs, they go to see their team on 90 minutes on a Saturday or midweek, they're not really interested in running a club but the people who run the club have to be interested in running a club because they have to keep the show on the road and that requires sometimes that you charge prices for tickets which make you kind of wince and make you uh, sharpen and take a breath and that sometimes like Stevie Brown has done that you sell players like McCann for prices that fans think are not nearly enough, you know. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but for the first time, I think there's been a... week. Not only are they facing, you know, um, the team who, you know, are are one of the best two, arguably the best two, because they've beaten Celtic, you know, in Scotland at the moment, they're going into it, minus a couple of players who have been, you know, absolute stalwarts, and one in particular who has been a complete standout. So, this is an acid test of... um, and a quick acid test of how Saints will 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 fare in the post McCann world.
0: I'd be Sean, if I was a St Johnson fan, I think they should be reassured uh, reassured by having the manager that they've got folks stop because he's he's very sharp and he, he you know he doesn't he doesn't need us to to, to point out potential problems and, and issues. I'd certainly be reassured by the way he spoke at the end of last week um with us when he was talking about you know, we're not we're not gonna be doing a like for like with Ali McCann. We're gonna kinda of look at a different you know, that he's gonna look at the midfield setup as a whole. And that is that's exactly how he should be approaching it here, isn't it? Because, you know, as Jim said, Ali McCann he's he's he was quite a you know there weren't many midfielders like him in the in the premiership actually, you know, just where you could you could kind of you know you could use him in all sorts of different ways. He was he was yeah, you know he, he was all, different everything. He yeah. did so He's gonna, he's gonna, he's not gonna look to do a, a a man for man, like for like, replacement. That's the way to go about things, isn't it? He he just looks, he'll look to find different solutions in in different ways.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we we often talk about managers as being from like one or two schools these days. I think they the, the kind of pragmatist, which I think fairly or unfairly, Tommy Wright was lumped into. Um, and then you've got maybe a. A, a wee bit more systemic kind of manager who's got a philosophy or a way he wants his team to play, and um, I think certainly last season you, you you probably have. As a lay observer, you might have thrown Callum Davidson in and that, but I mean, I, I I I'm sure there is an element of that to Callum. I'm sure he's got a system that he prefers and the way he wants his side to play. But I, I also think that there's there's a pragmatist in there yes, as well. And he, he I think drifted
0: towards the pragmatism as the season yeah. went on. I would I would say.
2: Uh huh. So I think. Um, I mean, I I wonder. You'll know better than me, Eric, having having um, interviewed him on countless occasions. But uh, I I wonder whether the, the, the McCann getting out the door and 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 um, obviously Jason Kerr as well. I mean, I I, I wonder if this maybe going to be a few tweaks to the system. Full stop. In there, I mean, I I, I genuinely don't know. Do you do you have I any think, sort of reading? I on think that?
0: it'll be. I, I don't think we'll see a a change in the. The defensive shape. No, I think. Uh, right. I think when they're all. No, I don't think he'll suddenly go to two at the back. Um, which is the which is the key. I mean, that's the that's the that's everything else revolves around that. That would be it would be a big big. The only time he he, tr- he tried it from memory was away to Livingston when they were really. I think it was the way to Livingston. They started last season when that was early, wasn't it? They were toiling for solutions, and it it was the whole thing just wasn't looking great. And I think he gave it a go. Nah, you know, if if it worked, then maybe maybe we, we obviously you'd have seen it for for a bit longer. So I don't I don't envisage that. Listen, if all of a sudden his numbers are so light, thinks you know, bloody hell, I can't. I can only really. Put out 2 centre halves, then it's a bit different. Then he'll do it, but yeah. I don't think that. I think what we'll see, we'll, we we saw with the midfield, what we touched on the midfield. I think that's intriguing. I think you'll you'll see changes. I think that all you'll not see the same midfield week after week after week. Up front intrigues me the most actually, when because I think it all revolves around Verton uh, and 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 seeing the type of striker. Forward he turns into, and then I think things will all get tweaked around him. So I mean, you could, you can, you could quite easily see a completely different front three to to, yeah, the, to what we used to. You know, you could, you could, you could have Verton and Middleton and Wotherspoon for example. You could have Verton and Middleton. I mean, it'll not be this weekend because the Glenn Middleton's can't play against Rangers, but you could see you know even Verton and Middleton Kane, you know, these are he's got he's got options there, you know. It's just about finding solutions in the middle of the the defence doesn't actually worry it's, me. You know, I I I've said it before, I think the, the lad Hayden Muller is an is a potential potential Rolls Royce of a player. So
2: aye. I, I I I I think it's 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 almost awkward with Erton in this this week that Rangers is going to be the one that that you know if, assuming that he, that he that he plays a role. I mean, who I don't know whether he'll I don't start. Think he'll or start. Not. No,
0: I, th- I think he'll no. use. I think he'll use it as get twenty minutes into him. You know, I don't think he'll write off the game, but I, that's that's how I see it panning
2: out. Mm. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Well, it would be it would be an awkward one to throw him into from the start. I think because I it's it's, it's going to be. That that's going to be naturally unlike any, well not any, but mo- most other games that he would, he would be involved in when he's here, so it would probably, you could argue, actually it would be almost unfair <laughs> to chuck him in from the start in that role uh, for a first game, so, but yeah, it's it's certainly fascinating, Jim, sorry I'm jumping no, in. No, I anyway.
1: just thinking, Sean, I mean, I, I'm always fascinated by the psychology of, uh, uh, the, you know, these situations when, when particularly, you know, really top players like him I can go, I mean, it was a I was having a name drop and I was having a blether the other day with with Stevie Murray who lives quite close to one of my my laddies you know Stevie of course the former Dundee Celtic Aberdeen uh, player you know great player Stevie's a big fan of sports psychology as I am and I wonder about the psychology of this because to me it actually presents an opportunity it presents a great opportunity for um, other you know players within the squad to say well actually you know maybe I've got a wee bit more than I've been shown or maybe that role that Ali has you know has departed from I not necessarily can um you know simply step into uh, you know his shoes but I can do other things differently and and add to the squad. So I think psychologically there's there's a big opportunity here for the ambitious players and for, for players who you know to, to step up and, and, and bring their extra qualities to to the game. This will be I think uh a great indicator of just, you know, how much talent there is within the Saints squad, because it's not a squad without ability. I mean, you know, you, you, you cannot be double cup winners with an average squad. They are a good, good squad. And and the great thing in, in terms of the manager, Callum Davidson, is you've got a man who is not a panic merchant. He's solid, he's stable. Um, you know, he, he's been through the mill as a player, as a manager with the start they had previously. Um, he knows the script and he knows his players. And, and you know, and, uh, he will know the players that he's brought in. So I think there's an opportunity here for Saints. Now to say okay, that was, you know, th- that was then, this is now. Let's kick on.
0: Sean before we wrap things up, we can't dip into all our lower league teams this week just time-wise, but I think one we need to speak about because I think the pressure really is is building is Peter Grant at Dunfermline. Um you know, talk about talk about a manager that that needs a result. I mean that 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 result against against uh, against our growth was it was a sh- i mean you know we shouldn't be sh- i wasn't shocked that they lost our broth but you know it was a terrible result for and and you know that doesn't feel like a you know they've got the new they've got the new owners got what should have been you know it, it should feel like a, a a club reborn but at the moment it feels anything but doesn't it
2: yeah uh, i mean at home I mean, let's not. First of all, let's let's not take anything away from our growth because we've 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 talked before about what an incredible um, job that Dick Campbell's done there. Because and and it and it continues on and on. It goes. I mean, absolutely magnificent. So, um, but but still, from a Dunfermline perspective, to have our broth on your own patch beating you three nothing, that's. Uh, that feels like a very bad one. Oh, it's a part-time <laughs> team, you know. what I mean, it's yeah. a
0: part-time team against a full-time team, you know, isn't it? It does, you yeah.
2: Know? So that does that, but I mean, again, I said, I said symbolic about this thirty quid thing earlier. There's, there's a danger that 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 becomes something of a symbol, um, unless the, unless this situation is is turned around rapidly, um, because it isn't looking good. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, they've also been they've also been scudded three nothing off Bartek mm-hmm. Thistle at home this season as well. <laughs> I mean, tanking off Rangers in the League Cup, fair enough. I mean, they won't be the only one to get hiding off them. Uh, but then, they've. I mean, I know it's the, the Challenge Cup, but they've also just lost 3-0 away to Elgin City. Yeah, so no, they're the, the, on the a the run of defeats
0: all told, aren't they? Yeah. yeah.
2: The, the general vibe around it is, is, is poor. Um, And then, obviously, we've got Peter Grant in the press and, you know, you can't give those players a plate of confidence. well, even a spoonful would help. Yeah, You've had,
0: you had a time to think about that one, Sean. Yeah,
2: that's off off the top of the dome, Eric. That was straight. That came from nowhere. <laughs> I'm Impressing myself. No, but it's it's true. I mean, you, it, I mean, that's that almost reads like a a manager kind of putting it on the players, and that's that's not good, is it? That's it's never something that's going to go down well. Um, so it, you do worry about that a little bit, and and obviously air. Um, Change just, a manager, yeah.
0: That you thinking yeah. that doesn't that doesn't sound like a good thing for Dom either. I mean, Jim, just you give you the last word on this? It just feels like, like I, I come back to the whole, you know. I mean, the, the, it's an exciting, it's an exciting football management model that Dom have got off the pitch, and I think, but this just heaps pressure on. I think there's there's pressure on. Uh, you no, know, I don't know the ins and outs as as to how. You know, Peter Grant was appointed, but it was a, it was an appointment that felt a bit strange. I don't know what you thought at the time, Jim. Just and it puts pressure on. If it's Ross MacArthur's the man that's made the call, you know, you got your bosses. You know, your new German bosses. Are you thinking? You know, these are these are big decisions that are being made, and and people are people are making their mind up about people. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll be no more specific than that, Jim.
1: I, I just suspect this is one that's not going to work out, um, Eric, and may well be um, done firmly, may well have to tackle it very early on. Um, I like Peter as a guy, I've dealt with him uh, before, uh, you know, good bloke to deal with and all the rest. That's never the acid test in football. The acid test is, you know, what kind of job are you doing? Unless uh, under we wee dodgy, you're sitting up there on 12 points already, you know, four played, four, um, you know, four wins. Don uh, Fermon are eleven. I know they've played one less, but they're sitting eleven points adrift already in a league that contains Partick Thistle, Kilmarnock, you know, uh, uh, Raith Rovers, Hamilton. You know, almost all full time clubs. Never mind Ardbroath, who, who, who Dick can on the day inspire to be anyone, you know, and who have a lot of good players in their in, in their in their pack. Um, you just kind of sense that, that this is not going to work. Um, this early on and you know I, I mean I'm talking again you know you, you come at football from from a, a, an age perspective but by the nature of things you know and, and I am of a certain vintage where I you know I've I've watched some very fine on sides. I mean, I can't quite remember the European sides or anything like that. But, you know, they're a big club. You you go to East End Park and you look around you think, wow, this is a premiership stadium. This is not a a championship stadium. They're a big club. If you get them going, as Leishman did way back in the day, you can get seven and 8,000 out to watch you. You know, they are a big, big club. And with that kind of investment, you know, I hear all the stuff about plans. This is a bit like Dundee United. You know, I love all the kind of ideas of bringing youth through, you know, community work, this, that, the next. That's all great. And I like the sound of what Dunfermline are doing as well. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, by and large, supporters are interested in the 90 minutes on a Saturday and the results. Uh, All the rest of it can be fantastic. You might be the most community-orientated club in the world. You might have fantastic youth programs and all the rest of it. If you're losing on a Saturday and it looks like you're going uh, down the swanee into the division below, then... Hunters won't put up with it, and I suspect already the pressure must be intense. And and I'm just, I just sense this. This is one that's not going to work. I could see a change coming soon.
0: Well, yes, guy. I mean, I feel for for me, it's the highest stakes game in there of clubs in our patch, possibly in the in the country this weekend. Actually, um, every every a huge, huge, huge game. Anyway guys, thanks very much and we will be back next week when it will it will be Derby week so we'll have all that to build up to and we'll, we'll see what shape the two teams are in going into it and see if Saints can can get a result can, can do a Dundee United against Rangers Anyway, thanks again guys and thank you very much for listening
2: Local matters.